Uh, Father God, we ask that you would have this time, Lord, and that wisdom would be would be given, God, and that you would speak through me, God, that everything that's said would be straight from your throne, God, from your word. And I pray that we're all receptive and we all receive and apply it to our lives, not just hear the words and let it brush by, but God, let us apply it to our lives, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, you know the word I gave you guys in chapel or the question I gave you guys in chapel, right? Yeah. What you guys doing? He's, he's asking while I was laughing. I always I thought, thought I heard him laughing. He's telling me. I heard Oh, wow. Okay, during prayer. Okay, well, the question I asked you guys during... Uh, the first one? First chapel. You guys remember the question? No, I didn't. It was like two questions. That wasn't it. The questions I asked was... The first one... Oh, you mean today's chapel? Yes. Today's chapel, you asked if we're doing it for the glory of God. Yeah, hey, but good remember the last chapel that I preached. Yeah. That was the last it was. Jeez, nice, nice work. But yeah, this morning it was what? It was, uh, are you doing what you're doing for the glory of God? And are you doing it with joy? That's, mm-hmm. what, that's, what, that's what I remember one question. Yeah, was, yeah, and the next one was... Oh, are you doing that out of the hype? No, that was the same question. Oh, same. It was basically the same. Yeah. Are you doing ministry just to do ministry? That's no, that's the same question. It's the same thing. Yes, yeah. Another, yeah. I mean, all that stuff was combined into that question, but the second question I asked was, um, are you enjoying it if if God if God was the only thing you're getting out of it, okay, you got it. Um, if everything was taken away, would you still give glory? Yeah, would you still call God good? Yeah, would you still call God good? Would you still give God glory? Would you still be uh, content with just the Lord? You know. Why don't you give it now? Give your little testimony now. Wait, how brief is it going to be? Okay, after 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 the word then. Okay. All right. So as I was seeking the Lord, of course, I thought Krishna was preaching today, but that's okay. What the heck? Job. Sorry, I can't see this. Yeah, I got the thing here. Okay, Psalm 1. That's not what I want. But you guys could turn with me to Psalm 37. I don't know how people can see this far, man. I'm trying, though. Psalm 37. And, dude, and this is, yeah, this whole thing is just so good for what I want to talk about today. Because the idea is... Being content in the Lord alone, right? And not being led astray, not going on different roads, not looking at different things and thinking it's better for you, but looking at just the Lord and dwelling in Him or delighting in Him and enjoying Him, you know? I was talking with Christian on Friday about a guy I gave a ride uh, while I was driving for Uber. And I've been serving the Lord for four years, but this guy said something so revolutionary to me. Uh, He said this, you know, sometimes Christians preach as if the only goal was heaven, you know. And I wanted to disagree right away. I'm like, well, is the goal not heaven, sir? You know, but I let him speak. You know, he was still spilling. He was still giving his ideas. But he wanted to explain this. He explained how, you know, we do preach about heaven a lot. We do preach about like, hey, man, if you were to die today, where would you go? Heaven or hell? And we want to really emphasize that because after all, Jesus came to open the gates of heaven, Right. But he said, minus that, because if Jesus didn't talk much about heaven, you know, he talked about heaven, but not so much, not in detail, you know, then why are we focusing on it so much? Did Jesus not come for more of the relationship aspect and opening up that door for us, you know, where before the Old Testament was way different. Now we have the opportunity to connect with Jesus on such a level where we can have a relationship with God himself, you know, as close as it is. We're taking classes on that. I don't know if you guys are taking systematic theology, but there's a lot of 
there's a lot more to Jesus than just our destination place in heaven or the, 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 the mansion with many rooms that God is preparing a place for us. You know, so much more than that. And it's about enjoying God, you know, before you get to heaven, eternity, because you're enjoying Jesus now, are you not? That's why, that's why I wanted to ask that and why I've got to put it on my heart during chapels, because if we're in Bible school, ministry school, seminary, whatever you want to call it, and we're not really having this, this delight in God or this love for God or this, this time with God and enjoying the presence of God, how are we going to lead people to fall in love with God in that way? Because if we're doing ministry, we're reading the Bible, we're, we're pouring ourselves out for a different reason other than we want people to experience what we experienced. And I'm, I mean, call me wrong, but I feel like ministry is ineffective if, you're not, if the love of God is not being displayed and, and shown in our lives, you know? That's why I want to emphasize on that. And, dude, I honestly, I don't know where to start in this whole psalm. It's so good. It's of David. Um, but literally, every single line in here up until 23, which is what I want to focus on. I'm sorry, 20, 27. Okay, not 27. Where was I? Oh, up here. 20. Yeah, 23. Did I say 23? Yeah. I want to focus on 23 um, and 24. But this whole thing has so much juicy stuff in it to explain to us why we, why we should delight in the Lord. And David goes on to explain how delighting in the Lord is way better than delighting in anything of the world and how there's much more reward for dwelling in the Lord, even if you have so little, even if your, your, your stuff is so little here on earth, he's, he's saying that our reward is way greater in heaven and we should dwell on that kind of stuff. In the beginning of the psalm, I want to focus on the word delight over here because there's also a word delight in verse 23 and 24, but there's a word delight here. Where is it at? Uh, oh, the one that's highlighted and I can't read. Yeah, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I would only pray that the desires of your heart while you're in Bible school is to, you know, know Jesus, make him known until the day Jesus comes back. However it may be, you know, if you have your, your workout ministry, if that's still what you want to do, you know, if you have your youth ministry, whatever it may be. The desire, I would only pray that as you're in Bible school, the desires of your heart is what the Lord desires, you know, for your life, you know. And sometimes we could get a little off. But bottom line is, delight yourself in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. That's not fair, because you guys could read it up here, but I could barely read it over there. I don't want to turn around. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't turn, I don't turn around. God. Huh? Don't turn from God. Don't turn from God. It's not, it's a TV. I know. The television's not my God, Joseph. That's good, though. That is good. Amen. <laughs> so what does it mean to take the light in the Lord? You know, what does it mean to, to uh, take the light? Well, the light means like pleasures. Take a pleasure in the Lord. Just him alone. Take a pleasure. Is the Lord your pleasure? Is the Lord our pleasure? Are we getting everything that keeps us satisfied from the Lord? Because it says here, if we take pleasure in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. And whatever it may look like. And of course, if we're taking pleasure in the Lord, our heart's not away from the Lord. So we're not thinking, oh, I want big bills or a yacht or a multi-person ministry with no discipleship. See, we if... We're taking pleasure in the Lord. The Lord is already giving us desires that will fulfill his plan for us. And there's so many things here. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous, he will make your righteous reward shine like dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. 
Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret, which means be anxious or to be scared or whatever. When people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. See, it's building a platform saying there's wicked people, then there's righteous people. The wicked people sometimes will look good to us. You know, sometimes the success of people will look good to us. And we're like, dang, that looks good. You know, or sometimes other ministries will look good to us, you know. Not to say that other ministries are wicked, but you get the idea how we could be envious of some kind of stuff and we'll fret, we'll be kind of anxious or we'll be kind of scared or we'll be, we'll be interested in something. But we got we to gotta delight in the Lord because if we start focusing on other ministries or other people have like Kobe or, or whatever Curry his name is, you know, or the, 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 the my, my apologies. If we start dwelling on earthly stuff, I'd say. You know, stuff that stuff that other people have. And it's so easy. I myself am guilty of this, you know, where I know as a minister, I'm not going to make as much money as most people do. You know, you know, I have this vision of having a nice house. Maybe if that doesn't happen, I can't control that stuff, you know. But the thing is, if we delight in the Lord, take pleasure in the Lord, give him all of our desires and he gives us the desires of our heart. Dude, then obviously our ministries are going to be blessed by the Lord. And David is saying here, you know, the wicked, the wicked may have a lot of stuff here, but the righteous will have little. I'm going to show you where that verse is at. Uh, oh, da, da, da. I know David is talking a lot up here about, if you guys see it, let me know. Oh, here we go. I think it's right here. The wicked draw the sword. Is this right? Oh, here we go. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked for the power of the wicked will be broken but the lord upholds the righteous the blameless spend their days under the lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever see there's so much more in god's hand you know whether we're ministers or not but more so because we're ministers I'm, I'm speaking to a crowd of, of people who are being trained up who are not expecting to make six figures you know who are not expecting for that yacht or that building or that that house but you guys are expecting only one thing to hear that those wonderful words on that day, well done, my good and faithful servant. And wouldn't it be more better heard if you take the light in the Lord, if you take pleasure in him? If all that stuff is taken away, your ministries, say five years down the road, your ministries are, are taken away, whatever happens, will the Lord still be good? You know, that, that's, the, that's the question because we're not in Bible school to start building up treasures in our ministries or even in the world, you know. We're building treasures in heaven by doing ministry, by delighting in the Lord. And the Lord should be all that really satisfies us. Now let me jump down to 24. There's so much stuff here. You guys can read it. Uh, but I really want to focus on 23 and 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. Of course, it's not talking about the Lord. It's talking about us. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now this, something that really stands out is obviously the Lord makes firm the steps. So what does that mean? It means you're not going to fall, you know? Ministers fall. Sometimes it's falling into sin. Sometimes it's falling for something, you know, envy or, or lust or whatever it may be. But the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him, the one who delights in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, then you don't have to worry about it. God bless you. If you delight in the Lord, you don't have to worry about a thing. And I'm not going to use a board today because I don't feel like I have to draw or make, make graphs. But um, 
the one who delights in the Lord and, and takes pleasure from the Lord and gets everything they need from the Lord, how much do they really, how much are really they're going to be led astray if they're getting everything they need from him? If you're doing ministry, then you're doing it because you want to please God rather than it being, being a burden, rather than it being something that you want uh, a different motive to, you know, like I'm going to do ministry. I just want, you know, a, a 6,000 person congregation and I want to, I want to make as much money as, uh, what's her, the lady. This, Joyce yes, Joyce Meyer, thank you. I don't know why she was escaping my mind. You know, but our motives could be a little different sometimes along our, our road because we're going to be serving the Lord till he comes back, God willing, by God's grace, right? We're not going to fall away. We're not going to stumble. And we're not going to fall. We may stumble. But the, the idea is here is to take the light in the Lord and he will make your steps firm. If, you, if you're scared of what the future may look like, don't worry about it. You got to just take the light in the Lord. Be like, Lord, you're all I need. You're all I need, and I don't need, I don't need a doggone thing. I just need to love you, and you're going to give me everything I need to do my ministry. You're going you're gonna to provide the, the, the growth that, that is needed. You know, just give me the seed, Lord. I'll scatter, but you, get, you provide the water. But before all, before all ministry, before every message we preach, before every, you know, youth we encounter, a person we talk to, or any ministry we run in the future, we got to first take the light in the Lord. Let them make, our, let them make our, our steps firm so that we don't fall. You hear so many stories about ministers who do fall, you know? And that's, that's probably a fear for some of us here, you know? That, that's a fear of mine because I hear of people who, who preach well and they have good doctrine, but somehow you hear about them falling into sin, and it's like, <laughs> Lord, help them, you know? And God willing, by God's grace, we won't be those ministers. We will be integrous ministers, ministers who always have a firm step for them to step on. You know, if anybody was there for Pastor Joe's message yesterday, um, being led by the Spirit, he talks about these footsteps. And let the Lord put a footstep first before you take one and you be guided by God, you know. And I think that's the kind of life we got to live, a humble life, saying, Lord, you take the step first and I'll follow in your footsteps. Because look what it says here. Uh, I think, that's, I think I read it. Yeah. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's a great illustration. Because if you, if you are weak, if you do stumble, the Lord's going to hold you with his hand. He's like, no, you're, you're going to be okay. But if you want to drift away from the Lord, that's on you. You know, if you want to have different motives, that's on you. If you want to take your eyes off Jesus and be like Peter and sink into whatever it may be that, that you want to sink into, that's on you. But the Lord is always ready for, for your hand to be grabbed. For your hand to be, grab his hand. He's always ready. But us, the humble road, we allow our steps to be firm in the Lord by taking pleasure in the Lord alone. Let the Lord be your Lord. Let the Lord be your God. Let the Lord be your, your, your sanctuary, him alone. You know, lock yourself in your room 10 minutes and just declare that you are my firm rock. You are my sanctuary. You are my first love or whatever it may be. And allow him to make your steps firm. And now I would open the time for you guys to share you want to go, Joseph, first? Uh, well, this morning in chapel, um, God put something in my heart, and uh, I know I didn't, I didn't really feel like sharing it at the time, and then I was about to, but then you kind of said it, so I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> I felt like God was telling me, you know, and this is, I guess it was just, it's just a reminder I've been getting for the last, like, few months, where it was like, you know, we gotta, we gotta take the challenges in life mm -hmm. with joy, you know, like Christ looked at the cross and he took it with joy. Mm. You know, and we have to see that and we have to persevere. And it's all for the glory of God. That whole joy is just for the glory of God. And that, that should be joy to us, you know. And uh, secondly, that's like, that's something that, especially like the last, it's something that God's been like 
telling me for like ever since maybe like the last few months, like I said, but the end of last year, and uh, I was watching that uh, just that cha- uh, that sermon, ten shekels in the shirt, mm-hmm. and like it just always plays back in my mind because like in the sermon, this guy he went to Africa, and you know he thought no one heard the gospel, but they did, and they they, they denied him and everything, they rejected Christ, and he's there, you know, just arguing with God, saying, you know, you, I was there, you know, they're all heathens, they're wild, they want God, they deserve hell, mm-hmm. and then he, like, God's like, you did, you went there because I sent you there. You told them the gospel because I told you to tell them. Mm. And it's for the glory, you know, for the glory of God alone. And uh, last night, it, it's like, I heard that message, man, it's been God's been speaking to me, but it took up until, like, you know, last night for it to really hit in, because Saturday... I went to evangelism, and uh, I was just, uh, I got got home, and uh, I was chilling, and I don't know, man, it just hit me, dude, like, how many people I've told the gospel to, and how many people have, you know, just turned me down, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) how many of them are going to hell, really, you know, from what I see, and how many of my friends are going to hell, and I'm not lying, I started crying, because I was, like, freaking out, I was like, man, dude, like, I felt hopeless, Mm. I really did, and I didn't feel joy. And that that time in evangelism, it was something I was thinking about too. So I wasn't even evangelizing with joy; I was evangelizing to get a salvation, which isn't right. Mm, yeah. And and like I, it checked my heart. And then Sunday, uh, it happened again. And this time, I was thinking about everybody. You know, I, I had just finished talking to Brian Roy. I was like, man, this guy backslid. You know, he felt the glory of God. You know, he felt the presence. You know, and I was thinking about other people that felt the presence of God. I was thinking about, you know, just everybody. And I was like, I realized, and I, I thought about it, I'm like, man, dude, where's the joy, you know? And, like, I started praying, God was like, man, you know, give this to me, you know, I'll give you joy, you know? He's like, you're just doing my work, you know? Yeah. You're just telling the gospel, you don't have to worry, you don't have to fret like it says. And, and dude, like, it was just so much relief, you know, that I didn't have to have that burden, because the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is not for money, uh to gain fame, to do ministry, like, even to do ministry, like, nothing, no, there's no other purpose but to, to glorify God. Yeah. There's really that's no right. other purpose. And, and yeah. for me, that's such a relief, you know, I don't have to live up to any expectation, even the ones that I set for myself. All I do is have to serve God and glorify Him. And that, that, that was, like, really encouraging, and this just falls in line, you know, perfectly with what God's been telling me, you know, so far. Yeah, and it's, it's such a, it's such a thing that could reoccur in our lives as, as we go on in the future, because it's like sometimes we need to be reminded. With yeah. so many, especially in America, it seems like missionaries probably don't have to worry about it too much since they're probably the only ministry around, yeah. you know. But us here, it's like we could be result driven easily, yeah. you know. I mean, probably everyone here, including myself, including myself, we've we're result driven when it comes to evangelism. Like, yeah. man, I just want to see someone saved tonight. But man, have you ever asked yourself this? Like, what if I evangelized for my whole life and only one person came to know the Lord? Yeah. You ask yourself that? Yeah, I do. You guys have? Anybody? Yeah. It's like, what if? What if, like, everybody rejected, only one person really becomes a disciple from street witnessing? Would it all be worth it? Heck yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like you have to ask yourself that, but you're like, of course. And then it, like, checks you. You, like, check yourself because you're like, wait, eternity is way better than 60 years, you know? I mean, way longer than 60 years and especially in heaven. You know, so, man, that's a win, you know? And as long as we hear that, well done, my good and faithful servant, that's the goal. You know, it's not like you're a 6,000 member, you know? 
Metro Praise has this, this you know, 50 churches, 50 churches in Chicago, 500 around the world, 100,000 disciples. And what if we don't reach that goal? Will God still say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Amen. You know, you had a goal. We, uh, the Lord provided the way. And if we don't reach that goal, then at least we want to hear that, you know, because it, it, it'll be treacherous if Metro Praise 50 years down the road becomes a dead fossil because of some fallen minister didn't take his uh, delight in the Lord and the Lord made his steps firm. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's no wonder why, um, why Paul says that we need that, um, that he desires that not all of us would be teachers, you know, yeah. it's Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Just to make sure I was like, yeah, that we, we should not, we should not all desire to be teachers because man, it's a big, it's a big weight, you know, especially when we're leading people, you know, anybody else? <laughs> Paul writes to Timothy. It's James that says it. It's James? I thought you meant Timothy wrote a book. No. Yeah, just find it real quick. What were uh, you going to say? I don't know. I always think about this. It's like, you know, there's, it's like a party in heaven when a sinner, rejo- uh, when a sinner you know, repents yeah. to the Lord. And, you know, he- all heaven rejoices. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. me, I feel like, you know, there you go, you know, there's your joy. There's, you get to rejoice in that, you know, that, that all heaven already had a party for you, you know, you can just dwell in that kind of presence. Yeah. That state of mind forever, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like because you're saved, you know. You, you That's why it's, it's so perfect when, you know, David, he's talking about almost all the Psalms, every book, it's like rejoice in your salvation, have joy in your salvation. Cause, yeah. Dude, we're saved, and there's no other thing greater than that. You yeah. Know? Like, that's why heaven threw a party about it. They, they didn't throw a party for, you know, uh, <laughs> Oh man, dude, he got a new ministry, or man, he graduated Bible college. Man, right, you yeah. Party because you're saved, you know. You went from a sinner to a saint. So I always think about that. Like, listen, man, you know, heaven's already heaven already threw that party for me. Now I gotta get to work. Yeah, get to work. Don't look back. <laughs> you found it yet? No. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone want to share? Yeah, it is in James. James three. James three. It is in James. The half brother of Jesus. No, nobody? Um, I have some share about this message, and specifically in verse 24. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I feel like that's very true to many ministers today. Mm-hmm. Like, if we hold on to the hand, we're not going to fall. We may stumble. Like, we may yeah. do something we shouldn't be Mess doing. up, right? Yeah. Messed up, but we won't. I see so many ministers today, like, just let go of him. Mm. They do their own thing, and they're just falling down the hill, doing random stuff. Then randomly, they just made a company as a non-profit thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's what it is. I yeah. Mean, it's just basically, it's just a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of music, a little word there, a couple of jokes in there, when they're done, jeez. they go home. No, they go to restaurants and eat, then they go home. It's just one day yeah. thing. It really is. And I feel like that's mostly because at some point, and it's like, I feel it's very dangerous for for those who are getting older, who have been in the ministry longer. Because we tend, we as human beings, we tend to be complacent. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes. Then we get used to something, and we just think we got the handle on. And then we realized we didn't. Yeah, we, we didn't have a handle on anything. 
it would like lose our focus and we don't it's like almost with some, not us but it's like the love for God is not there anymore you know and we don't even realize it yeah we start seeing like there's no salvations, the church is declining, and we're wondering what the heck is going on. We let go of the hand. Yeah, maybe we, like the, the spirit is like trying to lead us, but we get selfish, you know, yeah, and we we want to run our own thing. Even your theology could be great, like you could actually be a man of God, but so often we just forget ourselves. Yeah. We forget what we're doing. Yeah, so let us all be careful with that, you know. Let's take the warning from other ministers. Let's take the warning from the Bible, you know. And let's take the words of David and, and use them for our lives and, and apply them. That we've got to take the light of the Lord. And even if we have little, let's still be on the righteous path. Let's still not go in the ways of the wicked, if, even if it looks good, you know. I want to close with this verse right here. It's been hanging in my car and my windshield. You know, a lot of people have read it. But I want to read it because it applies to this so well. And it, it says this, it's in Philippians 2.14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Okay, so let's, let's take it. Let's, let's not labor in vain. Let's always do every labor we do for the Lord by taking delight in him. Amen? All right, let's pray. Joseph, why don't you pray? Lord Jesus, I just uh, thank you for this time.